Hello and welcome back to the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. Today, we are joined by Jenny Patron, a creative choreographer and company owner who knows how to spot a gap in the entertainment market and use her skills to launch a business. She also takes us into an audition room and the audition experience and highlights that the only competition actually in that room is yourself. On today's episode of the Business of Show Business podcast, I'm joined by a lady who knows how to spot a gap in the market and create a business. She's the creator of CBS Dance, a course designed to help actors and singers find confidence in their dance and movement abilities, and is also one of the founders of the Gatsby Girls. She has since moved back to Australia and created the group Brooks and Baker, and as well finds time to be a choreographer for companies such as Disney Cruise Line at their auditions, and has also taught at RADA and Central School of Ballet. Jenny Patron, thanks for joining me. No problem. Is it weird hearing like your career CV back to you? Because I think as performers, we never, we always keep going, we never stop. So is that quite weird? It's very strange. You made me sound quite good, so thank you. (laughs) You are very, very good, Jenny. Don't be silly. Um, And I definitely wanted you on the show when I finally got my ass in gear and started the podcast, because I was like... You've done so well at finding these gaps in the markets. First of all, with the Gatsby Girls, specialists in 1920. If you've not heard of them, I don't know why you haven't, but check them out online. And then also with CBS, because a lot of actors and singers maybe, quite often now there's a movement called Fast, and they freeze, they shut down, and probably take themselves out of the running before getting through to what they're actually good at singing. So for you, in your journey, how did you go from, although you still do perform, how did you go from maybe just being a performer to this entrepreneur? Well, I'm really lucky in the sense that I've always enjoyed my teaching. So that was always my side hustle, so to speak. Um, but it wasn't long before I realized that that side hustle was actually one of my main hustles, if that makes any sense. Um, and alongside my performing, I was working front of house. I was, you know, jobbing around doing um teaching gigs for other companies and things like that and then everything has grown quite organically like I was approached about setting up my own class by friends um, and discovered that they actually had a fear of walking into a dance studio I was like well there's a problem here what's going on and so set up these classes for them and then word got around and two years later getting emails and messages of thanks which I don't believe is down to me. It's down to the people who came into the room and just having performers coming in with a similar mindset who were all actors and singers just created a really positive, encouraging and nurturing atmosphere that people could be comfortable in and push themselves without judgment. And it's because of that atmosphere that was created more than anything that these results were starting to happen. And then with the Gatsby Girls, again, that kind of happened quite organically. And I've always loved knowing the history and the story behind different dance styles and performing performances and and um and musicals and things not just the steps and not and just not the basic narrative as well and it kind of all ties in I always thought of it as being really really separate but it does kind of tie in just having that backstory and having the narrative um and so with the Gatsby Girls becoming niche in 1920s just allowed me to become a specialist in that area with my business partners and as I've researched more and more my passion for the 1920s has grown and then obviously that crossover to CBS 
with the historical dance and being able to provide actors with a bit of a backstory and depth to how they approach dance and movement in general has just all helped and intertwined. I think that's such a skill set as a performer because when you're in an audition, you're there maybe for 16 bars, 32 bars of a song or 20-minute dance call. So you have to be... Just on it, you have to read the room, know who you're auditioning for, what to wear, what kind of style it is. And I think because there's maybe so many performers now, that kind of gets a little bit watered down because people get flustered maybe in the waiting room. But I think that's such a good skill that you've hit the, hit the nail on the head. And a lot of performers don't necessarily see the value in that skill outside of dance. But as a business professional, those are skills that obviously help set you apart as a specialist. Well, that's the thing. And I think... When you're running a course or a business in general, when you have been that person that's, you know, gone, you know, worked your way, not up as such, but you've experienced all different elements of that industry, it is lovely to be able to share that knowledge and you then can see it from a different perspective as well. So I'm very lucky that I can sit on the other side and sit on the panel of auditions and being able to tell performers coming into the room, it's okay, you know, we actually want you to be good. We want you to walk into this room and be the perfect casting for us because, you know, you're going to make our job easier. Um, That's something that takes a while I think to click in performers especially when they're fresh out of fresh out of training and that stuff you aren't you're not going to learn at college you're going to learn you know on the job um and while you are kind of looking for work and and you know being that jobbing actor um it's it's really really tricky um to teach and to make people understand initially but after a few years people do tend to get it that basically just knowing the steps being able to pick up choreography and things like that that's only an element of it like auditions are a skill in themselves and we just try and really help with that process of how to deal with that mentally and to cope with that situation even from when you wake up in the morning how you're prepping yourself for walking in the room and then how to gauge the room understanding that everyone in the room is not your competition you are your own competition you only basically are there for yourself but you have to also be considerate of people around you and work together as an ensemble that's my biggest thing always working as a team and remember you're not going in there you are going in there as an individual but you've got to remember that you're a part of a community as well I think that's so lovely for performers who are listening to here because I think quite often you get so swept up in an audition whether you've not had time to prep or you've you've prepped but you're not getting as much time in the room as you would like things like that so how I always say you are the solution to someone's problem they will for when you're say auditioning for Disney Cruise Line you are looking people to fill the problem for you is you need to find a cast so there will be someone that walks in the room yeah but I think I was never a strong singer so I'd always go into my dance school thinking if I get through this I've got to sing. Instead of thinking, <laughs> I'm going to get through this. Yeah, absolutely. Then I'm going to yeah. wow them with my dance and yeah. then the singing. If I if I hit the notes, great. If not, yeah. whatever. But I think it's lovely for people to hear that from an insider's point of view. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And it's, I mean, even myself as a performer, I, I was so, I mean, dance calls were, were okay. I still used to always get nervous, but singing calls, I'd be, you know, I, I, I struggled to trust that all my hard work was not necessarily going to pay off, but just that I could just genuinely trust it and just go for it and have a bit of fun with it. And I was always trying to fit a mold and you've got to remember that you're going in there as a unique individual and that you, that's, and that's why you can't compete with anybody else because you are your own person and you've got to bring something to that role. You've not got to try and make yourself and manipulate what you do for what they're asking for. 
you've just got to go in there and go, well, if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm not, the next gig might be the one for me. So it's very, very hard, though. It's easy to say these things, but it's hard to put it into action to convince yourself that that's how you need to approach it. But over time, with practice, it, it does eventually, eventually get there. And I think if you just need one good audition experience to kind of boost you a little bit and um, boost your ego a little bit and then to kind of make you more confident in knowing, no, I what I'm doing is, you know, is I'm on the right track with that and then just have to trust it and keep working hard, commit to what I'm doing and see what happens. Typically in England, people may go down the three-year musical theatre course or at university, but your training doesn't end then. And I think upskilling is such a trait all performers should have, whether that's you have a side passion such as personal training. As um, an actor, you might be a great writer, so you could even be a copywriter part-time for companies, things like that to make money. And I think how we just said off air, someone emailed you two days ago who had done CBS a while ago and has just booked their first West End job. How does that feel for you as a business lady, as a company owner, as someone who's just passionate about helping people to get that feedback? It's it's just the reason why I do what I do. Everything with CBS happened, as I said, organically. It was never a business choice. Um, we are set out to help people and, you know, we are filling a gap. We do feel in the industry in regards to training. And we're also, we feel filling a gap in regards to building community Um And so when you get those emails and, you know, you've got these emails saying, thank you so much, I couldn't have done it without CBS, it's just so overwhelming. And I've definitely had, you know, a few tears shed over some wonderful emails that we've received of thanks. And I I do say it's not all us, it's them, it's their commitment, it's their hard work. They were the ones that, you know, invested their time and hard-earned pennies into coming to train with us. But it's lovely to be a part of that story and knowing that we have at least given a helping hand, if anything. So because it's definitely not just a dance course, like initially we set up saying that we're building, helping people build confidence in dance. And over time, I've realized that we're all about building confidence through dance. So dance is literally just the foundation of it all. But because we offer things like injury prevention workshops and we do business marketing, we have yourself coming in to do the amazing performer branding workshops, which are so essential for everybody. Um, Yeah, because it's not just dance, we try and literally fill the gaps and do things that may have been missed along the way or things that if you didn't, when you were in your three years of training, it maybe wouldn't have sat. It maybe wouldn't have sunk in at the age that people were at when they were training. But a few years down the line, once you've been in the industry and go, oh, yeah, this would be helpful and this would be helpful. You know, we try and, you know, provide that, provide that for everybody. Longevity in our industry can be hard because there's so many ups and downs. And I think as performers or creatives, um, we need to almost sometimes try and step back and look at building a career and not just chasing that one job because you feel maybe the industry says, oh, I'm meant to do that. Or college said, I'm just a just a cruise ship dancer or I'm commercial dancer. Like to try and build that career so it is sustainable. And obviously upskilling is such a part of that. Although CBS and the Gaps for Girls did happen organically, you obviously had the eye to be like, hang on a minute, this is something that needs to be worked on. Oh, definitely. So do you feel there there are skills you learned as a performer that have transitioned to the business side of what you do? There is definitely a a huge element of that. 
And that's come from working for people that I respected and also working for people I didn't so much. You know, I always say you learn the most from the worst bosses in a way, from the worst jobs. So you learn what not to do, how not to treat people, how not to approach situations. And I think there's a big learning curve there. Um, and I just became so passionate about going, it's, it's easy to do the right thing. It's so easy to do the right thing, just to put a smile on your face, be considerate of other people and provide a training platform um, for people. That's It's a positive environment that's encouraging people. You can push people without screaming at them, you know. And and this, again, is where the Gatsby Girls and CBS crossover is because, again, in the, in the corporate world, you know, I've definitely worked for some companies where, you know, probably wasn't being paid as well as I should have been and rehearsals weren't great and... And also the final product isn't as great because there's not that investment time and money-wise into the performers and into the into the product in general. Um, and so with the Gatsby Girls, I was really passionate about paying performers well to do what they've trained to do, making sure they're looked after, making sure we're costumed well, and making sure um, the final product is as close to perfection as possible, which can only benefit you as a brand at the end of the day, personally anyway, but it benefits everybody at the end of the day and then CBS again just creating you know a positive environment for people to train and work and then eventually get results being so multifaceted how do you manage your time because I think quite often again as creators and performers we're doing our survival jobs or we want to do this we want to do that and obviously you are still freelance so you you might have weeks when you are choreographing or it's audition season so you're running the auditions and then it's like this isn't a busy event season Gatsby's are really busy or it could be for instance you're flown over from Australia for this um, season of CBS how do you try and balance your time being so multifaceted well try is very definitely the operative word <laughs> um, I don't think I have the right answer to that you can only do what you well I say you can only do what you what you know is best but I do know what's best and I don't think I ever follow that entirely um I having a day off <laughs> would be lovely and I know it should be something I do but I don't practice what I preach um it is it is a genuine you know the, the juggle and the struggle is real you know but when you are in a job and doing something you're passionate about is really hard to switch off because you see something, you get excited about it and then the cogs start turning and then it's like, oh, that was meant to be my day off today. You know, you go and see somebody in a show or you even just go to, you know, go to a town and all of a sudden you see this beautiful 1920s village hall and you're like, oh, wow, we could do a show here. Oh, this was meant to be my weekend away. Okay. So the cogs are always turning, but I think that's inevitable in when you are working in a job that is literally your passion project. So it's very, very tricky, but, you know, I don't think I could have it any other way. Yeah, the, the admin is insane. The amount of – it's a full-time job. CBS is definitely a full-time job, which I don't think people realise. We do two courses a year, but we also do classes and workshops and all the organisation and the marketing and then the additional support for our previous and current students. That's – 24 hours you know we are there the door is always open for everybody so that is a full-time job and with the Gatsby girls I'm so lucky that I have two amazing business partners that I work with Emily and Paige and fortunately we all have different strengths so um, we all ha handle different areas of the business and of course things definitely cross over we all support each other in those little areas but there is 
that opportunity to have a day off from Gatsby if we want to, um, from the Gatsby girls workload. But again, that is quite reactive and the business is unpredictable. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, we had a call in the afternoon, which Emily took to then perform at the Ritz that evening. So we had four or five hours to make that happen, which we did, which was amazing. Um, then sometimes we'll get asked to do an event for in two years time. So it's just the roller coaster is never ending. So um, definitely time off is required. I do know it's essential, but it is hard to make that happen. So you just do what you've got to do. And do you see now that obviously, because you're almost, there's three avenues in fact of you still perform, um, you have CBS, Gatsby, obviously success and rejection takes forms in every job you do whether you work in a bank a supermarket performer there are as a dancer your rejection is you get cut from an audition or you don't get the job um how we say in cbs success is yes someone's just booked the west end um but say for instance managing a business i've had it before when rejection could be someone your pitch doesn't get the job or how do you deal with that when it's a passion as well because i think also performers we it it's our being. So when you don't get the job or you're, you don't get the pitch or whatever it is, how do you cope with that? Because obviously, like I said, that happens across every industry. It's it's really, really tricky. Um, with CBS especially, you know, we are relying on people hearing about us, people signing up to our courses and classes. And then, of course, hoping that it is the right fit. You know, CBS stance isn't going to be for every single person. You know, it can't be, It's which makes it tricky in regards to ensuring we've got enough signups and things like that and we're still very much in our infancy there are colleges that have been going for 20 30 40 50 years and we're in our fifth year which I I feel like that is an achievement and I'm really proud of that but we still got a long way to go you know it's um so when we do have low numbers for something I have to just you know remember all these letters and emails and messages of thanks that have come in and more often than not strangely when I do have a bit of a a down week uh, where things aren't quite working as smoothly with the business I then will randomly get a message or an email that just reminds me of why I'm doing what I do and that in itself is enough to keep me going absolutely that's that's so lovely and I think the problem as performers as creatures always leave everything to the last minute when it comes to booking things. Oh, yes. <laughs> and whether it's because they're waiting here on a job or they're waiting on money or they're yes. not sure if an audition's going to come in, so we get it. But if you're listening and there's a course you want to do, just suck it up, book it. Email Or even email them and say, look, I want to book, but I'm having to do this job first. Can you provisionally hold a spot for me? I've done it with my workshops. Um, Jen is so lovely and hospitable, so I think not just for our, what we offer, anyone, if you've got a course or something you want to do that will benefit you, just book it. That's the thing. It's always workable. Everybody who signs up um, or inquires about signing up about an eight-week course, for example, they always freak out going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to commit to three days a week for eight weeks. It's such a long time. Eight weeks is nothing. A one-day workshop is nothing. You can't also as well, I think this is the biggest thing I've learned in the last couple of years, you can't revolve your life around something that hasn't happened and chances are and if you're anything anything like me my first ever contract I was offered the day I booked a one-way ticket to London (laughs) so (laughs) you know (laughs) book a holiday then you'll get the gig um (laughs) you can't you just cannot let 
yourself let the industry dictate your day-to-day life too much um it's really important that you you know put a plan in place whether it be to have that holiday to have that day off once a week if something comes up fingers crossed it works with your schedule if not it's probably adjustable and you know there's movement there there's always room for movement so don't be afraid to commit to something because of something that hasn't happened or might not even happen at all so it's so tricky but it's essential that you do that and I think that comes with time yeah I think that's going to resonate with so many performers because we've all been there um I had it recently on the job because although I work a lot as a journalist and with branding and social media um I've recently in the last couple of months on and off been filming a new Netflix series and one of the younger dancers on that um who's a recent grad lovely so talented was a bit like does does the waiting get any easier yes because obviously the longer you've been out there you have more contacts you've got more people you can call up but no as well like you're all I'm always emailing people on days I'm not working I'm always having to be on hold for projects whether it's from my business side or performance side, as I'm sure you are as well so I think that's going to resonate with a lot of listeners be like yes you know what if this makes my soul happy or whatever just book it whether it's holiday course if you have to miss an audition for a family member's wedding it's worth it yeah like it's just you've got to live your life you absolutely do and I'm only saying this now 10 years ago I wouldn't have been able to say this I wouldn't have understood this I wouldn't have absorbed this information but you do have to live your life and you have to remember that you know working towards some people have a great mindset and they're just happy working they're just happy working whether it be you know, a theatre and education tour, whether it be a West End show, regardless, they're just happy working, gaining lots of experience in different areas. But some people are focused on that one big job. And that's not going to be helpful in any way. You just have to remember the reason why you are doing what you're doing. And you want to hone in on your craft. And the more you do, the more versatile you become, the more you're going to enjoy the industry. And you're just going to make the most of it. So find that little niche that you have, but open yourself up to other things. And also just find some regularity within that. Find organization amongst the mayhem. And then if a big job comes along and you can do it, great. If you can't, you can't, you know, and, but you always make things work and things are always workable, always workable. I love that. I love that. What or who has inspired you along your journey to be where you are now? Has it been an individual, maybe a book you've read, a book they must read or someone they should follow on social media? Um, there's not really anyone in particular. It's just over time, in all honesty, the faculty at CBS have really inspired me. Um, as I said earlier, the industry can be quite a negative, bitter, lonely place you know, if you've had a few rejections and things like that and struggling with that. And especially if you've maybe been in an environment that hasn't been as positive or supportive. Now, for me personally, CBS has become my community and my support network, Um, not just for everybody else, but for me as well. And seeing our faculty doing their thing and being so passionate about it, that's inspiring for me. So I've got Miranda uh, Wilford, who is currently on tour, doing a UK tour. She comes back every Sunday to to teach commercial because she can't not. Like, she just loves being a part of CBS. We have our musical director, Stuart Morley, who is currently, at any one time, got two or three shows happening on the West End, plus recording albums for this or something else. And 
he comes in and even one class he donated his time for us because he just believes in what we do so much and that to me is inspiring and that's that's my world at the moment so um yeah that means a lot backtracking on um the birth of cbs and the gatsby girls initially they were your side hustles before they became your main hustle did you find when you were more actively auditioning that having these side businesses were both a good because if it's a quiet audition season you had a project to invest your time in and also b it gave you that additional bit of finance when you again maybe stopped you having to work front of house that week because actually i've got gigs this week was it quite nice to have other passions definitely yeah it really has helped and they have become my main thing now you know I still teach I do lots of guest teaching um and yeah all my work as an audition choreographer for Disney is always um very welcomed and again that keeps my finger in the pie and keeps everything fresh in regards to me then teaching um being at auditions regularly being on the other side seeing how the industry is currently sitting in certain areas keeps everything fresh for me but knowing that CBS and Gatsby the Gatsby girls I call it Gatsby sorry <laughs> <laughs> the lingo um is yeah is wonderful that that's that and I'm starting to trust that now you know the first they say it takes five years to establish a business and I would definitely 100% agree with that with the Gatsby girls we're in our seventh year now which I cannot believe but it was only after about five years that we went okay we can trust that the gigs are going to come in now we've done so much hard work putting ourselves out there putting on shows for free to you know expose what we do and and um and advertise and build up relationships as well that's the biggest thing building up relationships with the bank companies and private clients now we can now trust that to a certain extent but we kind of don't rest on our laurels and we're always working to build new relationships and strengthen existing ones so we're still working really hard with that but we know it's going to tick along to a certain extent with cbs we're in our fifth year so still very much in our infancy as i said earlier and that is still very much it's still got a long way to go and I can't trust that we're going to get enough sign-ups. I can't trust that everyone knows about us, that we want to know about us. And there's still a massive plan in place in regards to opening up our training to around the UK, building up relationships with international schools. So anyone coming from, say, Italy, which is a school I'm going to be teaching at soon, to London, we can be that stepping stone to help them uh, bridge their way into the industry over here so thank you for your um it's been so authentic with what you said there because I think that's great because quite often you will see an interview with a choreographer a casting director a West End performer and you think oh they're in a show great that's it that's like we're done but the journey doesn't end and for you you've got two very successful companies even though they are new but they are successful you are choreographing for big companies teaching at main schools but you're not you're still who you are in your heart, you're still a performer, you're still hustling, which I think it's so lovely for people to hear that, yeah, you could, like I said with Gatsby, you could just sit back and chill, but you want more from it and more from yourself. And I think that's so lovely to hear. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be doing what I was doing if I didn't think like that. You can always see potential, you can always see... It's like the difference between you either wanting to, if you're buying a house, buying a house that's kind of done, ready to go, you don't have to do anything, or buying a house that needs a bit of love and 
you know, a bit of TLC. And when you go into that place and you see that potential, you want to make it your own and you, then you want to share it with everybody. And so you constantly wanted to grow, you constantly can see potential in different areas. And with CBS especially, there's a lot of people that still don't know about us. You know, we're pretty much not for profit. So any extra money we have goes into marketing, which is virtually nothing. We need to spend a lot of money to put ourselves out there to to ensure that everyone who maybe could do with CBS and a helping hand here with their dance and other areas in the industry, we can be there for them. But there's a lot of people that haven't even heard about us. So the, the growth with CBS is, yeah, it's insane the amount of growth we still have to do just to so people are at least aware that we are here if they want us. And I think the value of the skills you learn as a performer, whether you've gone three years training, a short two-month course, is that's why performers, I think, make such... They, when they transition out of performing, they are so successful at whatever avenue they go to. I know people that have retrained as lawyers, people who have gone on to be doctors. Like Not everyone obviously goes into those jobs as people have just gone on to work in marketing, um, creative copywriting. But I think because they're driven and being confident and being able to talk to new people, fake it till you make it, retaining information. Our skills are so transitional outside of what you do. So if you have a side passion or you need to have a top up or anything, there are courses like CBS, like that I think are of so much value. Yeah, no, it's, um, thank you. That's really lovely of you to say. <laughs> no worries. I always thought someone was watching. I'm so handsy when I talk, when I do podcasts. <laughs> I am and too. Like, We're doing a dance. Yes. Yeah, so if you can see us, you'll be like, what? If Jen's housemates will come out, they'll be like, um, Social media in the industry, obviously, massive pros, massive cons. I feel because I work in social media, I can kind of look at it from a more of a marketing promotional platform. So I'm almost maybe sometimes able to detach the emotion where a lot of people aren't, which is completely understandable. But there's trolling out there, but there's I've seen some amazing opportunities come from connecting on social media. What are your views on social media, maybe for performers and then also as a business enterprise? Um, social media is wonderful. You know, the the foundation of it is wonderful and if it's used in the right way it is an amazing platform as a business it's free advertising yes of course you can pay for your your facebook ads and things like that but you can you know you can promote um certain to a certain extent you can promote what you're offering um for free and share share what you do with with a, such a massive platform Within reason, of course, with their algorithms and all of that. You never know who's seeing what. <laughs> um, I think we just need to, as you know, as human beings, we just need to be very, very mindful of our opinions. You know, there's a there's a line in Hamilton. What is it? Um, talk is it? Talk less, smile more. Don't let people know what you're against or for or something. Could be the other way around. Um, and as much as, you know, we do need to share our opinions, we also need to be very mindful and think about what we're putting on social media before we give out our own opinions. So we need to kind of talk less. And yeah, put a smile on our faces a little bit more. We all walk around, you know, heads in our phones and looking really miserable, you know, because <laughs> um, we're just so focused all the time. Even if we're not miserable, we look like it a lot of the time because we're just, the cogs are turning, heads in the phones and always looking for external acceptance, whether it's that like or that comment. And 
it's taken over a little bit and I so I think the the base of what it's about has been forgotten a little bit um people I think are so they lose it's called social media the most important word is that is social social absolutely it's, um yeah. conversation it's networking it's celebrating people and their achievements and I think people lose that aspect of it definitely sadly definitely as you say it's a social platform it's a platform to share things and we just need to share things in a more positive light and be more supportive and encouraging that's all we need to do it's not again as i said before it's not hard to do the right thing and what are the social handles for yourself and cbs if someone can maybe have a look follow you in your journey or maybe even sign up so we have Instagram, as as mentioned, and we also have Twitter, and we also have our Facebook page as well, and then we also have our website. So our website is basically that's you know that's ours. Um, that's where all the information is. Obviously, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. That's kind of what's happening now, what's happening today, workshops that are coming up. But if you really want to know what we're about go on the website you know you'll you'll hear first-hand testimonials you see the shows that some of the um previous um students have and current are performing in um obviously more in-depth information about the courses and the workshops and you can also sign up on the website as well which is just cbsdance.com nice and easy but yeah website's essential for business absolutely because as you've taught me it's like you know, I don't own my Instagram, I don't own my Facebook or my Twitter. So if they all just dissolved for whatever reason, then we'd have nothing if we didn't have our website. So we're quite, and we're quite proud of our website. We do feel it represents who we are and what we're about. And the same, quite well. jumping with the Gatsby website yes, you've got yeah, as well. That's absolutely. so, it's got like a vintage vibe to it, like as well, which I think Yeah, is absolutely. Great. At the end of the day, it's like, um, it's your first interview. It's your first round. People click onto your website. So if you haven't invested time and money into your website, people aren't going to take you to the next no. round. They're not going to email you or call you and ask you about an event that's coming up. It is the most important thing. It's your CV. Um, and what is the know, Gatsby website as well, just for listeners in case you want to check out? Gatsbygirls.com. Nice and easy again. So Perfect. Yes. And if you were to have a billboard in Times Square or Piccadilly Circus, so what would your quote or piece of advice be on that billboard? Oh. We're going deep now. Oh, we really are. With CBS, I would probably put a testimonial there because, I mean, and these testimonials haven't been forced in any way. It's so lovely, you know, as I say, getting these emails of thanks. Everything's so genuine. And one of my favourites is um, a quote from a couple of years ago, which was, CBS dance is the best decision I've ever made for my mindset, my health and my career. I was like, wow, you can't sum it up much better than that. And that's someone else's words, not ours. Um, Yeah, someone else's words is basically, you got to trust that. So what piece of advice would you wish the young Jenny knew? Is there a piece of advice now if you could go back in time and tell her ahead of time, what would you say? Trust your gut more. Absolutely. Because I I still to this day probably don't trust it as much as what I should. I'm learning to trust it more because when I haven't, that's when the alarm bells have sounded a little bit and maybe things haven't gone as planned. Um, but when I 
do trust it and I'm much more aware of it now and that's only through experience and the fact that I'm getting old um yeah I'm like okay no I I do I do need to trust myself more and I just definitely didn't as a performer when I was auditioning never trusted it I was always trying to fit that mold we were talking about before trying to be perfect for that job trying to do everything and and be right and I think you're never going to be right if you have that approach you just have to yeah do what you love follow that path whether it be studying Shakespeare or going into marketing or whatever and also being okay with not being great at something like something so stupid I I'm, I'm really bad at backwards rolls <laughs> and I just have had to accept in life that I will just always be bad at them that's this one thing <laughs> <laughs> luckily they don't slot into your day that much so that's absolutely good. <laughs> um you know so something as tiny as that but as, as a performer those little things you go into a class and there's one in there and it can ruin your day you know you do a good pirouette that can make your day and it's trying to put those little things in perspective so there might be one massive area of the industry that you're not great at. And yes, it's always good to work on those things, but don't get bogged down with it. You've got to focus on the positives as well as focusing on the things that you still need to strengthen as much as possible. So yeah, my biggest thing is just trust your gut and you've really got to go with where your creative drive takes you, but still be open to other things as well. I think that's so true because you can, if you're not open and... Um, so I keep meaning to let you go. And I'm like, no, there's another <laughs> nugget. I keep going. I think when you can be so precision focused, although sometimes it can be good, it closes off opportunities. So along your journey, you may see something else and you're like, oh, that will actually help me more. Let Absolutely. me give that a go. Even if you give it a go to find out you don't like it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I was very focused. I was that person that wanted that one job. And I've never got it. I've absolutely never got it. And you know what, looking back, I'm like, if I had got that job straight away, there's so many things I wouldn't have done now because of that. And I definitely know that CBS wouldn't have happened. I know that Gatsby Girls wouldn't have happened. And also my experience I can now share without trying to sound like too much, you know, like a wise old owl (laughs) um, and a know-it-all. There's all these little elements, you know, experience in TV and film and choreographing and teaching and so many different things I I can't share those experiences if I haven't done them so I feel really fortunate that I have yeah had a taste and a finger in so many pies within the same industry so very lucky for that Thank you. And I will definitely let you go. Thank you for squeezing me into your time because obviously Jenny's just visiting from Australia for CBS. So thank you for fitting me in your schedule. No problem. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and make sure you leave us a little review and go and fa- go find, don't go and find Jenny, but go and follow her <laughs> at CBS online. Thank you so much. Thank you.